You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this episode of the OFNT podcast, we find out that major U.S. newspapers have accepted millions of dollars to run propaganda ads that were disguised as articles. We also find out that being a UI engineer for Facebook is a great job as long as you stay out of politics. There's more Zoom woes and Android 11 beta is out. Of course, there's Apple news and I have the usual entertainment and podcast news. I wrap it all up with a boomerang. Well, where's my music? Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the OFNT podcast. OFNT stands for Old Fart New Tech. I'm your host and resident old fart, Jim Schaefer. I hope this finds you well, and you're having a great week. Ah, right. Politics. Freebeacon.com has an article that claims China broke federal law by not disclosing how much it spent to publish regime propaganda in U.S. newspapers such as the New York Times, Washington Post, and the Wall Street Journal. Millions of dollars were spent on so-called advertisements, which resembled articles. If you go to the article on freebeacon.com, you'll see actual photos of these ads, and I sure couldn't tell the difference between these examples and a real article. I seem to remember The Guardian and other UK papers being busted for this same thing over the winter also. Now you know why these news publications will not print anything derogatory about the CCP. It's all about the money. Of course it is. Couple this with the paid stories on radio and television news, which I've mentioned in previous episodes, and you have a corrupted news media. Again, kids, don't trust mainstream media. How many times do I have to tell you? Well, I'll just keep telling you until you listen to me. Or not. Tech news. Before starting, I have to say, thank goodness for Apple and its upcoming worldwide developer conference. If it wasn't for that company, I don't know what podcasters or tech news outlets would have to report on. First up, from Variety.com. Yeah, I know. 
What's an article from an entertainment rag doing in this section? Well, here's the headline. Facebook fires employee who protested inaction on Trump looting and shooting post over tweet criticizing co-worker. Well, that's a mouthful. From the article, Facebook fired an engineer who publicly and vehemently opposed the social media giants in action on Donald Trump over a tweet criticizing a co-worker for not co-signing a Black Lives Matter statement. The employee, user interface engineer Brandon Dale, was terminated over a June 2nd tweet in which he challenged a colleague who had refused to add a statement in support of Black Lives Matter to an open source document. Quote, Intentionally not making a statement is already political, Dale wrote in the tweet. I'll stop right here. The article then strays from the headline and gets overly political. First off, I guess there's not much work to do for a user interface engineer at Facebook. This guy seemed to be putting in more time drafting statements and poring over colleagues' social media than actually doing his now former job. Maybe this was just an excuse to get rid of the guy. Second, it's none of his damn business what his co-workers' politics are. Everyone has a right to his or her own beliefs without harassment. Isn't this what the tolerant left supposedly represents? Next, the headline from Wired.com reads, Zoom shut down U.S.-based activists at China's request. Again, from the article, Ever since Zoom skyrocketed as a video conferencing app and became the norm for many workers during the COVID-19 pandemic, it has come under increasing scrutiny for its privacy and security practices. The latest setback? The company acceded to the Chinese government demands that it deactivate multiple accounts that recently hosted Tiananmen Square memorials, saying that it needed to comply with local laws. But two of the affected accounts were U.S.-based. Zoom has since reinstated the accounts and said in a blog post that going forward it, quote, will not allow requests from the Chinese government to impact anyone outside of mainland China. Okay, if you listen to this podcast, you know I've been reporting on the lack of security and general shadiness of this video conferencing software. I'll never, never use it, though I hear it's easy to use, has a great UI, useful features, and is very stable. You know, I wish a company like Signal Foundation, the makers of the Signal Messenger app, would come up with a competitor to Zoom that's as easy to use and as stable. For some reason, other older, larger, and wealthier tech companies can't or won't do it. If you are part of the Apple ecosystem, FaceTime is great but doesn't have some of the features, like backdrops that Zoom has. You know, this is kind of funny because a prior video conferencing software system from Apple included such features. Now, I did email Signal asking them to look into this, but it will probably be ignored. All right, Google has released the beta version of its upcoming Android 11 mobile operating system. Some of the new features are the ability to record 4K videos without the current 4 gig file size cap, bubble notifications for all messaging apps, including text messaging, and quick settings via the media controls. Now, if you were expecting radical changes to the UI, well, you'll be disappointed. Like iOS, Android is a mature operating system. 
While Apple might someday change the launcher, you can already do that at Android as well as many other customizations due to its openness. Of course, this openness brings stability and security concerns. Now, for years, Google has been working on what is rumored to be Android's replacement. It's called Fuchsia, and early glimpses of it looked promising. But one never knows what the big G is up to or if this will be jettisoned as many of the company's other apps have been in the past. Time will tell. All right, now we're going to hit Apple because they got a lot of news. Apple has updated its map application with real-time transit information now available in more countries and U.S. cities. Now, Nokia had this feature many years ago, and Apple and Google are still playing catch-up. It shows just how far ahead that company was. Yeah, I miss it. Let it go, Jim. Let it go. Apple has confirmed its annual WWDC, which stands for Worldwide Developers Conference, will kick off on June 22nd. This will be the first and hopefully last virtual conference because of the COVID-19 debacle. Here are some hardware announcements that are expected. Apple will announce the transition from the Intel-AMD x86 CPU architecture to ARM-based chips for its Mac computer lineup. The ARM architecture is what is used in mobile phones and tablets. This will take years to implement, so don't expect them to have any hardware releases yet. I believe that not all members of the Mac family of computers will get ARM chips in the future. I think all non-pro versions will transition to them, at least at first. Think MacBook and MacBook Air, and maybe a future low-end iMac desktop computer. And speaking of iMac, there are rumors that Apple plans to unveil a redesigned one at the conference. What's fueling this is the unavailability of the current 27-inch model in stock at Apple. This has been a good indicator in the past of an incoming update. The 21-inch model still seems to be available, though there are also rumors that this model will be updated to a 23-inch screen. Now, that's interesting. Supposedly, the new updated model will feature much slimmer bezels, new and more powerful graphic processors. I can't even say that word today. Processors and an all-SSD lineup, which means no more old-style hard drives. Also rumored is the inclusion of Apple's T2 security chip for the first time in an iMac. The renders of what this new design is expected to look like are impressive. Think the latest iPad Pro on a much larger scale. This computer is the one I am most interested as my current 2015 iMac, which is equipped with a one terabyte Mechanical hard drive seems so slow compared to even my base model 2018 MacBook Air. By including the T2 chip, I hope that will bring the convenience of a fingerprint scanner for login to the computer and password management. Also, a backlit keyboard would seal the deal for me. Now, if you throw in an upgraded webcam, and you know, we've almost reached Nirvana here. As far as laptops go, my previously mentioned 2018 Air and my 2019 Pro are doing me fine for now. With my retirement from my current job looming in the near future, I'll have to see how mobile I'm going to be and decide whether to purchase a new Air or Pro when needed. 
I won't be purchasing two laptops in the future like I have now. I'll be watching on the 22nd for sure. Will you? Tech I'm using. I've talked about the Motive Smart Ring many times on this show and touted its functionality and performance. If you are a new listener, I'll recap. The Motive Ring is a health tracking wearable. It tracks heart rate, activity, and sleep. I've had this ring for eight months now and have never had any problems until this past week. I noticed last Tuesday that while my nightly sleep was tracked correctly, a nap I had taken in the afternoon was not logged. Wednesday, the same thing happened. The ring failed to log a nap I had taken. Thursday, the ring failed to log anything at all. So I rebooted my phone, closed and reopened the app, and synced the ring manually to no avail. Though the app told me the ring was 80% charged, I placed it on its charger and waited until the app told me it was fully charged. Then I closed and opened the app again, and voila, it seemed to be working again. Today, though, while wearing the ring, I'm getting alerts from the app that's telling me the ring is 100% charged and ready to be worn. Only problem is it's not on its charger. This is not good news, and with Motive recently being sold and the new owners abandoning the consumer market, I will be out of luck if it is indeed broken. To replace this technology, I would have to purchase a ring from Aura, the now only game in town. The cheapest entry into the Oro ecosystem cost $299, $299 plus tax, about double the cost of the Motive Ring. Let's hope I can get at least another year out of the Motive. Entertainment News Are you tired of rich white celebrities lecturing you on what you should believe, how you should act, and who you should vote for? Well, I sure am. The latest example of this was the, and correct me if I'm wrong, hashtag I take responsibility PSA. Why do you phony, rich, out of touch, Hollywood freaks think that anyone with a brain is going to listen to you? Please go back to your mansions with your private security and personal assistance. Just leave me alone. And remember, folks, these people are actors. That's what they do. So don't think they are sincere in their apologies. They could give a crap about anything but themselves. Speaking of being lectured to, Dave Chappelle had a surprise comedy special drop this week. Well, there really wasn't much comedy included. Just when this country needed an escape from current events, what was delivered was just another lecture. Come back when you actually have some comedy material and leave the thinking to us. What a disappointment. Next, Spike Lee apologizes after interview defending Woody Allen amid cancel culture. My words were wrong, is the headline from TheRap.com. From the article, Spike Lee on Saturday apologized for comments he made in a radio interview on Friday defending his friend Woody Allen and suggested the cancel, cancel culture may be going too far for filmmakers accused of serious wrongdoing. End article. First off, if I'm not mistaken, accused does not have the same definition as convicted. That's the damn problem with this whole cancel culture. All you have to do is be accused of doing something wrong and your life is ruined. 
Mr. Allen was investigated twice, but was never charged with a crime. Is this really how we want to live? If, is this what was meant by the new normal? Second, be careful, Mr. Spike Lee. They'll be coming for you too soon. This is the American version of the Cultural Revolution. Spike Lee could have been a man of honor and stood up for his friend. Well, I guess now former friend. But he decided to save himself by siding with the mob. I'm not a fan of either guy, but this is just getting ridiculous. Other than more woke drivel on the newsfeed, nothing really interesting is going on in the world of entertainment. Podcast News InsiderRadio.com has the headline, Pay for Podcasts? No thanks, say most listeners. The article goes on to say 9 in 10 Americans listen to broadcast radio each week, and its free-to-listen-advertising-supported model seems to be casting a large shadow over podcasting. A new survey shows that the vast majority of Americans aren't likely to pay a subscription fee or make a donation to a podcast. Well, I could have told you that. I remember when us common folk finally had access to the Internet. Back then, it was a very sociable place where civil discussions could be had. You weren't bombarded with advertisements, and you weren't canceled because of a point of view you held. Podcasts started as a way to entertain and inform, and nobody expected to become rich from doing one. In fact, Adam Curry, who was instrumental in inventing the RSS feed that podcasts of today rely on, purposely kept the code open and free. So unless you are a celebrity, most sane people that are doing this don't expect to make a living off having a podcast. That's what makes this whole thing great, in my opinion. From RainNews.com, Apple's COVID-19 mobility trends show routines returning to normal, maybe. The article is quoting data accumulated from Apple, which seems to show that driving and walking are back to normal levels, while public transport is still way below pre-COVID-19 levels. This should bode well for podcast listens. One metric that was not reported on, though, is people going to the gym and working out. I used to do a lot of my podcast listening while doing that. As gyms continue to reopen, this should reflect on the number of downloads and listens a show receives. My own show numbers are way down from where they were before the pandemic. I'm talking down by 60%. Now that's either because of the pandemic or my anemic content or maybe a combination of both. I hope to see a rebound soon. So, why don't you guys help me out by spreading the word on this show? I'd appreciate it. It seems that all media company types are launching podcast networks. While this may seem to be a good thing to join, especially if you're an independent podcaster, beware before you join one of these things. What they will want to do is either purchase outright or obtain a piece of your show. By doing this, you basically give up some or all creative control and you will be influenced by the management. Another thing is they will stick you with the cost, so read that contract closely. If you decide to leave the network, they still own your show. 
Now, if they only own a piece of your show, if you make money from it in the future, guess what? They still get a payment from you. The purpose of these networks is to make money for the network owners, not make money for you. Now, you'd probably make more money with a smaller audience and completely owning your show than having a larger audience and having to share profits. Now, I'm just going to give you a little thing of how I uh, produce this show. I'm a firm believer in the KISS principle. KISS stands for Keep It Simple, Stupid. In regards to my podcast, any way I can simplify my workflow is a good thing. Right now, my setup goes like this. My microphone is connected to a channel strip, which boosts the signal, applies compression, a noise gate, a de-esser, and a low and high frequency detail enhancer. This feeds into an audio interface, which connects to my computer. The audio is then recorded on the computer using a digital audio workstation, which, once completed, I edit and save. Then I upload the podcast to a podcast host and type in the title, description, season, episode number, etc. What I just described to you guys is a simple setup, which is a lot more simpler than some other podcasters use out there. Some shows do the channel strips function, which I use, within their digital audio workstation using software plugins. While you can probably obtain better results that way, it's time-consuming. And some of these digital audio workstations are very complex and have a very steep learning curve. I just don't have time for that. That's why I'm thinking of getting a Rodecaster Pro. It combines the functions of the audio interface, the channel strip, and digital audio workstation all in one package. You record your audio directly to an SD memory card, and you can transfer it by your computer, either by a card reader or a USB cable. Maybe this will be a retirement gift to myself. Hmm. All right, it's time to wrap this up with a rant. I'm going to uh, revisit a topic I covered some time ago. The OK Boomer phrase we all see on social media. This is the first time that I can recall other generations calling another generation by name in such a derogatory manner. Don't get me wrong, people in my generation had problems with our parents' generation, but we didn't just flat out dismiss them. We didn't think they were stupid, we just thought they didn't understand. We also would take their advice when we needed to, unlike some of the current younger generations that are around now. Contrast this with most other countries in the world, some of which cherish the older generations, while the others at least have some respect for them. I understand that some of my generation have a tendency to yell and just act a fool, but they are not representative of all of my generation. At least try and understand what the older generations have been through. As an example, my father was born just before World War II kicked off, so his father, my grandfather, who I never met, went off to the Pacific Theater during that conflict and came back a different person. He abandoned his family and descended into alcoholism and died at the ripe old age of 36 years old. 
Combine that with the tail end of the Great Depression, and now you can begin to see what shaped my father. Growing up, he was hardly around, and when he was, he treated us badly. Think Madman. That show really captured my experiences growing up. There were things I was expected to do. I had chores, so I could, could have an allowance. Any purchase I wanted to make, no matter how small, was scrutinized as if the family survival depended on it. Wanting more money, when I was eight years old, I asked for and received a shoeshine kit for Christmas. Yes, shining shoes was a thing back in ancient times. I would sit up at the local subway station and charge ten cents per shine. When I turned eleven, I got a paper route, which I did after school. Speaking of which, I was expected to pass my classes and with a decent grade. During high school, I worked unloading trucks at a local supermarket. Of course, I eventually discovered beer and girls, and my grades suffered, so one day my father pulled me to the side and told me that between my sister and I, the family could only afford to send one of us to college, and it just wasn't going to be me. After graduating high school, I had a series of crap jobs which would leave me exhausted from the labor at day's end. Half my meager salary was taken by my mother for room and board. This got me realizing that there was nothing at home. So I enlisted in the military, and I've never looked back. I eventually had a family of my own, but didn't impose on my children what was imposed on me, at least not fully. What I'm trying to say here is it's good to get out of your parents' house and make your own way. If there are no employment opportunities in your area, go to where the jobs are. You'll make new acquaintances and establish yourself. Any personal baggage you have accumulated growing up will be left behind. It'll be a fresh start. You've heard that before, right? Just remember, you don't have it any harder than your parents did. So instead of just dismissing boomers, why don't you seek their advice and actually listen to it? You really aren't smarter than they are, and you just might learn something. Well, episode 33 is now officially over. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it and also hope you found it worthwhile. Thanks for listening. You can contact me at OFNTPodcast at gmail.com and Twitter at OFNTPodcast if you are so inclined. You can tell me how much I suck and suggest how I can improve this show. I'd love hearing from you. Oh, I also have a website at www.podpage.site slash OFNT slash old dash fart dash new dash tech. I know it's a complicated. So be safe and I'll see you next week. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Now, get off my lawn and continue on. Take care, guys. Uh, I'm out.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.